0: Listeners, and Welcome back to the TFA Scouted Podcast. I'm your host Adam Scully and in this podcast we take a look at players and coaches that we believe have very bright futures in the game. In the last episode we looked at Yudi Almeria's bright spark Christian Oliveira who was tearing it up on loan with Boston River in his native Uruguay. Today though we will be focusing on yet another Almeria player but not one that's on loan. Instead this player has been a first team member for Ruby this season and that player is Kaiki Fernandes, Almeria's 20-year-old centre-back whom the club signed from Santos for a reported €7 million. Kaiki Fernandes-Melo is one of the most exciting young defenders in European football right now and could be starting at the back for La Liga's Minos very soon. But a lot of anticipation building around Fernandes, we'd be doing you a disservice by not going in-depth on the center back style of play, his strengths, weaknesses and potential future clubs before we begin though please make sure to rate the podcast five stars hopefully it's greatly appreciated and it helps us to grow the podcast and to get more and more excellent guests on and to get more and more ears in the podcast too so now without further ado let's get into our analysis of the central defender by speaking to my co-host and tfa recruitment analyst brian marquez
1: brian welcome back on the podcast how have you been hello adam I've been very good, I and mean, I'm glad to be here again.
0: Well, today we are... I mean, you gave me a list of several players we could pick from for today's episode. I wanted to go for Kaki Fernandez, and of, of, of course, the reason I picked them was kind of based on the fact that as of recording this, and I'm kind of throwing the cat out of the bag here, we usually record is maybe a week in advance. So... As of yeah. recording this, UD Almeria have just beaten Barcelona one nil. It's actually the Monday after that game. Kiki Fernandez came on, uh, or Kiki came on, sorry, with two minutes to go as Almeria, yeah. and, and helped to keep a clean sheet. albeit he—I mean, he didn't have too much involvement in the game, but because that's fresh in my memory, I was like, "Yep, yeah, we'll do it on Kiki Fernandez, and, and let's hope we can instill some scouting knowledge on, on, on the listeners and kind okay. of. Do this player justice. He's actually a player that Satish Prasad chose as part of the TFA 23 for 23 magazine as one of the players to watch out for this year. I believe it will be a very, very big year for Kaiki. He is genuinely a, a wonderful central defender, having come from Santos in Brazil, of course, one of the biggest clubs in Brazil, or formerly one of the biggest clubs in Brazil, maybe it's, it's fair to say. Um, but he really is a, a truly wonderfully gifted defender not only defensively but as we'll discuss in a bit he is so good on the ball brian you kick us off then with his kind of style of play and and what really stood out for you when you when watching Kaike.
1: yeah kaiki is not the tallest center back you will have in your in your squad yeah, he's 6'1". Is, yeah. so i don't quite see him in this moment playing in a back four, but he's perfect to play in a back three. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he is so aggressive and so proactive to go out and defend uh, the wide channel. You know, to cover yeah. uh, the, the wing backs and all that. He's so good at that. He's so good at detecting when to jump and uh, when to jump out of his line and when to go to make a tackle or when to I don't know, only go and get close to a player suffocate him and then going back to his line so he does this with very good speed with uh, not only physical but mentally uh, he's very agile to make these decisions and he's very he has this determination to go when he's go when he goes out you know to go and try to win mm-hmm. the ball back or trying to annoy a player with only his presence there so kind of interesting the proactive way he looks to defend but as well, he may not be a perfect player for me going in the air, but he's really good and really powerful uh, defender in his physical build and in his intentions of how he's going to defend, how he's going to pick the ball. So he's uh, a style of and his technique to win the possession back when a player is going to try and play with his back to goal. And how he stretched his leg to get the ball, he's is very good, and it and all these goals, uh, and obviously gives a hand to how proactive and how aggressive he wants to be uh, defending his team. Speaking of aerial jills, you are right. He's
0: won fifty four point six percent of his aerial jills this season, which isn't horrendous. It's still. The majority, obviously, just just about the better majority, but it's not. I feel like personally, you wonder. I mean, you you see most top central defenders will have it roughly around sixty six percent, which means they win two out of three of their aerial duels.
1: Yeah, the four percent yeah.
0: is just over half, so he's winning like just about what one and two, kind of roughly around that, which isn't. I mean, it's not ideal. It's not. It's not awful. I mean, it would be worse if it was below fifty, yeah. but it's still kind of teetering on the edge of. If he loses a couple of more aerial duels, that will kind of start to sway, you know, below the mark, which really isn't ideal for a central defender. So I think you're right. Strange that we kicked off the uh, the episode by by being so negative, Brian. We started talking about weaknesses before we get onto his strengths. But yeah, no, you're you are right though. He he he, he does need to improve in the air. But talking about as you said, kind of going into the channels and defending in, in the wide areas and using the speed, especially to get back. He's able to play in a high line, isn't he? Because this yeah. is something that people are very cautious of when buying central defenders. For the simple reason of, and I'm I'm really sorry because I don't want to use this example all the time when I think of a player who can not play in a high line, but you have a guy like Harry Maguire, of course, who's not the quickest and a really good defender, Harry Maguire. I don't mean to take anything away from his actual abilities. But in a high line, he struggles more than when the line is much deeper because obviously the space in behind is, is is so vast on a football pitch that he doesn't quite have the legs to get back and cover. I mean, if he's up against a Darwin Nunez running behind or a Haaland, there's usually only one winner. And as well, when you're playing a high line, a lot of teams want their central defenders to be able to step up. So you step up in transition to kind of, the tackle of the player face-on, I suppose. I mean, Ten Hag does this quite a lot at Manchester United when the defenders lose the ball. You see Martinez, you see Varane, They step up rather than drop back. Maguire, when he's in yeah. that situation, can't really step up because then he's even forward from his own goal. And he's kind of caught in between two minds because if he drops back, he'll probably be beaten for speed. If he steps forward, he's probably going to get nowhere near the ball. So it's a really tricky situation to be in. But circling back to kaiki he can play in a high line, can't he? Because he is quite
1: rapid and he's, his recovery speed is
0: pretty pretty excellent.
1: Yeah, I, I really think he could play in a high line, not only because of his way to go off his line and trying to defend, which is the most important thing playing in a high line where coaches like to be this proactive to get the ball back like uh, winning the second ball with this kind of players being so aggressive in their tackling and all that and going out very with a very high level of concentration and determination but the thing is he is a very fast to run back like to and to get a really good body posture mm-hmm. in defensive transitions he gets to the player he has a really good timing he times the player you know to try to slow him down and try his team to get as compact as they can in the transition so he's waiting for the for his teammates to rearm the block trying to slow down uh, a player only like running uh, besides him with a good body posture not making a decision so that's kind of uh, a really good thing on kaiki uh, in this way of defending and obviously when you're playing on a high line you have to be very good on the ball. Mm -hmm. okay so it's not only the defensive things where I don't know you give an example of Harry Maguire I could give an example of Ben Mee or Michael Keane or even Jerry Mina Yeah, you know these kind of defenders who defensively really didn't like uh, have this uh, ability and technique or speed pace sorry to play on a high line So they were good on a more like uh, low block and all that. So in the way of having the ball, when you're playing on a high line, you need to have this kind of diagonal balls through passes. And even Kaiki has this kind of ball carrying, which is very interesting because he has a really good dribbling. You know, he grabs the ball without fear and he's going up and he's going up and normally he's unstoppable with the ball uh, 65
0: 65 percent uh dribbling success rate this season and you're right yeah. because it's something you notice when you watch him how often he beats the fourth line of pressure just by simply running directly through it instead of yeah you know i mean like a player will try and block off the pass to the six and they'll try and shuttle him one way and he'll just go straight down the middle they'll go okay you 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 fine don't don't press me, I've no problem with that, he'll go straight down the middle of the first line of pressure and in turn, I love central fans to do that because it means that the opposition will straight away set into panic mode, they'll start moving back towards their own goal, you've essentially pinned back their block just by making that one run and it's only, it can only be a couple of yards and I criticise I didn't really criticise but I kind of named the weakness of Harry Maguire in the la- a few minutes ago so I think it's only fair to say he actually is really good at this and he'll make yep. those runs, and like kaiki he makes those runs, and then the opposition's block gets pinned back deeper. And it all stems from being comfortable on the ball, and like you said, kaiki is he has a 65% uh, dribble success rate. And, and, and as well, you mentioned about those diagonal balls. This is yep. something that I feel is so... So many central offenders can't do it consistently. kaiki can do it consistently, and he's really, really good at it. Um, Obviously, you have top, top central defenders that can do it. You have your, I mean, the best in the world for the last couple of years has been, unless well, I'm forgetting someone, I believe Virgil van Dijk. I don't think I'm forgetting someone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, 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 his long range diagonal balls and, and Brian, again, cats out the bag. You are a Liverpool fan. You love Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. And his diagonal passes are insane. I mean, so many goals have been created from those... Runs whether it be when man, Sadio Mane played and he'd make those diagonal runs inside and yeah. Salah would make the run he'd he'd almost kick the ball like um like a golf club hitting a golf ball it was like yeah. the way he swung his yeah. leg was like a putting wedge or, or or like a sand wedge or something and he'd loft it with such
1: power and precision onto the chest of Amani. Mane it's incredible. Yeah. That that was the kind of thing I I really wanted to talk about the the diagonal balls Mm -hmm. that Kaiki made because centre-backs normally do this kind of executions because they can hit the ball long and they could do it diagonal or down their own channel. You know, it it, it could be a constant thing and even more in defenders who play on a low block trying to get the ball out of there and, and all that. But it's the I don't know with Kaiki and this kind of centre backs that really have a really good diagonal pass is the the curve effect they give to the ball, the sensibility of the touch before they made to the pass, the right weight. It, it, it's the execution. You know the technique mm-hmm. of the execution is a very is of a very high level ability, weight, uh, the curve. It's unbelievable how good his technique to make these kind of balls are. The thing is, with his true passes, that are really nice as well, I think Kaiki is, at some moments, so, so progressive. And this could be a weakness on his side, maybe, because he doesn't want to slow the tempo of the game. Touching on that, I want to kind of visually highlight something if
0: that if that makes sense. But he talks about his ability to progress the ball. He makes those little passes between the fullback and the central defender of the opposition so so well. And he like I think in the last episode when we looked at Christian Oliveira, we spoke about how Oliveira makes those runs from outside inwards, but from the blind side of the fullback, like kind of like Vinicius Jr. does for Real Madrid. When you have a winger that makes those type of runs having a player like Kaiki is so, so useful for you because he's able to play that splitting, splitting pass between the fullback and the centre-back, and then your winger can kind of make a diagonal run behind the fullback into that channel and meet the ball using... Well, I mean, you can use both feet, really. You can use the left foot and carry the ball forward, or you can take the touch with the right foot and see if you can kind of shoot from a certain angle or cross into the box. So you're right. His progressive ability is pretty amazing for such a young defender I mean where did he learn that was it I mean was it yeah. developed at Santos I'd imagine
1: yeah yeah I think it's mainly on that because at Almeria he hasn't been playing regularly he has started really well mm-hmm. I think I remember to watch him playing really good against Real Madrid and I think it was his full debut against them or his second game at Almeria I really don't remember that well but I really uh, it was it impressed me because at Brazil, yes, people was impressed with him. But then at Almeria, playing there, I think he played like five to seven consecutive games. But then Almeria had these kind of this defensive problems, and they were changing players, changing shapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played; they changed to a back four where Kaiki could be his proactivity could be a problem sometimes when they're trying to play in a low block and all that. So in that kind of thing, uh, getting to know that Kaike really developed so well at Santos and now at Almeria, he's doesn't have uh, like regular minutes. Mm -hmm. I think he would at some time in the season, he is going to have them again because He's really so good, and obviously scouts and other teams were looking after. were looking for Taiki before Almeria, and it was kind of crazy to watch, uh, like Almeria getting this kind of player. You know, like the people were so impressed yeah. at Santos Brasil, and all that, and then you get like Almeria. I I think they paid like ten million, seven million for it's him. Seven million euro, which yes, is, seven million. Yeah. It was crazy because other teams were looking after him like really in a better context than Almeria, but he decides to to go there. And I really think other teams are watching him, but I as well uh, think we are going to see Kaiki playing regularly again for Almeria. Mm. I hope so. I think
0: one underrated aspect of Kaiki's game is... I don't want to say he's ambipedal, which for those that don't know that term, it means you're, it's basically ambidextrous for fear if you can play with both your left and your right foot. I don't want to call him ambipedal because I feel like he's still a lot stronger with his right foot. He won't be able to play those diagonals with his left foot that he would with his right foot. So it's not, I mean, we're not talking about Usman Dembele levels of, of two footedness. Yeah. But he's really good with his left foot still. He's able to play yeah. progressive passes with his left foot, which is so, so impressive because, okay, he might not be able to hit a diagonal ball with his left foot because that requires just like Paul Scholes level skill. Um, yeah. Or Pirlo level skill, sorry. But even like he's still able to play very, very solid progressive passes with his left foot. He's able to make comfortable passes with, left, with his left foot and most importantly, he can play on the left side of it too, not just the right side. So you don't yeah. need to just partner him with a left-footed centre-back. He can play on the left. If you have a guy who's who has a weak left foot on the right, you can put Kaiki left and put that guy on the right because obviously if you put the other guy on the left, he's going to be poor because he has no left foot at all. He's not able to use his left foot. And then the opposition will find it really easy to press him on his right foot and force him onto his left where he'll make errors. But if he's poor on his weaker foot, you can put him on the right and Kaiki on the left, and you have a comfortable ball-playing defender with his left foot there as well I think that's kind of an underrated aspect of his game, in my opinion anyway
1: Yeah, and it's underestimated the thing of playing with both uh, foots and not only um searching like a player that can make these progressive passes mm-hmm. and take decisions with his left foot but the thing with I don't know, something that Kaiki does sometimes is like controlling with his left foot and then taking a pass with his right foot. yeah, and this is so important because at times you have to control the ball with the other leg. It gives you more time, more space, and like more speed to the to the play. you know and mm-hmm. and, and the you can surprise the player who's pressing you or you can confuse the player in what action are you going to take? So it's kind of important the players to have this mainly at midfield and defenders like centre backs. It's so important. And other thing that I really think is underrated in football, and you point that it's this pass from the centre back to the fullback, but in the way it's not uh, like square passes. The way they they look to be diagonal and to be to start to add this kind of depth. Mm-hmm. down the line with their fullbacks these passes give you so much progression and people doesn't watch that in a really like i don't know it, it doesn't give that hype with like a through pass well especially
0: command. especially if you play to the correct foot of the fullback so if you're a left central defender and you're playing to the left back you once the ball is played kind of in front of him, so he can run onto it with his left foot and yeah. his body's open, then to either go inside or play down the line or go over the top. Obviously, if you're
1: yeah.
0: playing to your left foot or left back, sorry, and you kind of play behind them, then you put him in danger because he has to play with his back turned to goal. And not a lot of fullbacks are really good at playing with their back turns turned to goal. And- but no one really, I don't blame them because so, many, so much of the game they spend facing kind of their own goal, they're not as comfortable receiving the back front as much as a, a center forward or a winger would even
1: be. And it's something like I remember well Arsenal does it, Manchester City does it because they yeah. play with inverted fullbacks. Like looking from the center back directly to the winger, this progressive pass through the wings is so important in this in this kind of teams. And Brighton doesn't play with like uh, inverted fullbacks, but they exchange channels so mm-hmm. constantly and they congest the midfield when, with their press attraction and all that. And these kind of passes are so important. So to have a player like Kaiki uh, having this tool at his age right now is really good. But along with that, you have diagonal passes, proactive defense, uh, True passes. It's a really good talent. He has a really top talent in in him. Mm -hmm. Well, we discussed his
0: strong left foot, his stronger, weaker foot, and it's a nice segue into our next topic, which which will be obviously the last before we wrap the podcast because we're coming up to 30 minutes. I believe we're on about 22 minutes now. The fact that he is good with his left and his right foot makes it really makes i suppose defending actual one v one duels not easy for him but but simpler because he's able to nip in with his left and his right foot he's able to go to ground with his left or his right foot yeah. as well on either side so if he's if the center forward running through on goal he can come in from the right to the left and make a challenge with his weaker foot or vice versa and it obviously gives him a kind of a flexible nature in that regard he doesn't need to get on one specific side to win a challenge because he feels he's not strong with his weaker foot. That being said, I discussed this with you off air. There's a famous quote from Paolo Maldini. I don't know if it's real or not, but it's, it's still be, it still starts an interesting enough conversation. The quote is something along the lines of, you know, if a defender has to make a, a tackle on the ground, he's done something wrong essentially again i don't know if it's actually a real quote he said it if if you've been on twitter for more than 5 minutes you've seen the quote um it's it gets branded about every 5 minutes on there um but it it still does kind of raise an interesting debate is it is it good for a center back to go to ground and by the way when when i'm referring to this i think it's worth noting the context of kaiki he goes to ground a fair bit brian do you think that's it's appropriate to say
1: yeah. Yeah, I I agree it goes to ground. Um with the question of if it good if it's a good tool for a center back. I think at some point yes. But mm-hmm. then it's like 50-50, you know, because you can make it and you can make it so well, but then you can make it in, in not the right time and it's going to create a foul that could then generate a red card or even a yellow. And then a, a the next foul is going to be a yellow or a penalty inside the box. So defenders that are commonly doing this kind of things could have this thought of doing it inside the box. You know, like, okay, if if I'm so good doing it outside the box, I'm going to make it inside as well. This could be the kind of problem the Kaiki could have. He's, he's really good at it, but sometimes it just could make yourself into a problem.
0: And again, it, it's still worth saying that he's actually pretty good at slide tackles on the floor because he wins 75% of them, which is a pretty high amount. But I still feel that the more slide tackles you do, the more chances you have of giving away a penalty. I mean, you see a player like um, the slide tackle king, Aaron Wambasaka, great, but he can he he can afford to slide tackle because it's in an area to pitch where probably the least you'll give away is, or the most you'll give away, is a free kick. I think when you're a, a centre-back, there's more of a, you know, it's more important for you to be cautious when you're going in for challenges. I personally don't like seeing centre-backs making sliding tackles. Of course, there's a time and a place for it. There's a time and a place where a last ditch tackle has to be made and you've, you've got to just slide in to block the shot or, or make a, a wonderful tackle because the up, the opponent's going to shoot and maybe score. But kaiki goes in quite regularly for slide tackles and it, it makes me antsy watching him. I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah. But for me and just my own opinion, and again, it just comes down to opinion, this really, because I don't want to sit here and say to a listener, oh, it's bad that he goes in for slide tackles. They might like that. And it's all about opinion. It's all about how you see the game, how you want to analyse the game. Some coaches will be okay with that if their player's going in for sliding tackles. And maybe maybe the, the Almeria manager is, and maybe in Santos the manager was fine with that. For me personally, when you're when you have a centre back that's constantly going to ground, you're running that risk all the time of it going very wrong. Of just yeah. the opposition tips the ball or the opponent's centre forward or, or winger tips the ball a little bit to the to the side and you've completely missed timed and bang penalty. And maybe a red card was the last man.
1: Yeah, and it, it gives you anxiety as a coach, as a fan, and everything to have a player like wants so badly to make a slight tackle. He could be so good and you trust him doing it. But at times it's going to make a bad tackle because it's risky. It's one of the most risky tools to use maybe in football. Obviously the riskiest of tools to use defensively, you know, because you're throwing all your body to the ground with your legs so stretched if a player yeah. is quicker than you, you're going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's a difficult one to get good, to like develop inside your, your playing style. Kaiki does, but obviously sometimes it could make a, a, a foul. Uh, Other weakness I found in Kaiki, beside the one that I told you, that I really felt he's at times so progressive and he has to slow down a bit the tempo i really think his proactivity sometimes could be so impetuous maybe at times he does things with a lot more of the strange needed so mm-hmm. he, he needs obviously to calm down he, the way of approaching to a tackle sometimes yeah yeah last thing
0: i want to discuss before we wrap up, And I know I said that the last topic would be the final thing we touch on the podcast, but there actually is one more I want to ask you. I don't want to put too much pressure on Kaiki because you know, development's not linear. Things can go yeah. wrong pretty quickly and ultimately in my opinion, and based on data that's available, centre-backs it's really difficult to predict a centre-back's um, Yeah. But it's maybe the most difficult yeah. player. It's usually they kind of hit like their best form, you know, towards kind of the end of their twenties or mid mid twenties upwards. I think it's better to say like Van Dyke was what twenty, yeah, 26, 27, kind of around that age when he really started to yeah. show how good he was. He I mean he was at Celtic in his early twenties and then he went to Southampton for towards the mid twenties and and then finally reached his peak. And this is why like. Players with like such as Delict get awful criticism at Juventus because he may be struggling, especially at the start of the season. He was struggling a lot and he got a lot of criticism. And I think he's still so young. He's I think he's twenty, he's twenty one or twenty two. 22 maybe, maybe twenty three. But even still, like it's still so young for a defender. Give it four or five years and then you'll see the level he's at. You know, like Lissandra Martinez is twenty five and now he's starting to show how good he is. There's there's exceptions to it. But, like, even players like Sergio Ramos, who many consider to be the best defender of the 24th century, he was a right-back until he was, what, 23? Yeah. You know, so I think it's important to talk about the... To, to or, sorry, to offer context that, you know, predicting a defender or centre-back's progression is really, really difficult. But, that being said, what kind of clubs do you think could use a player like Keikey?
1: Yeah, I love this part of the podcast. Yeah, same. <laughs> that's like, why I ask all the time. <laughs> it's like playing the football manager yeah, or something. Yeah, it's my favorite so... like thing. So, Kaiki has this proactive playing style that I really see him uh, playing at leagues like Bundesliga. You know, so direct and so rapid and with high lines, high pressing and all that. We are, we are talking about he's playing at Almeria, but he's a player of the talent to be playing yeah. at a really top side for me. So teams like Bayer Leverkusen or even Eintracht Frankfurt, who which are which play in a back three, and Evan Ndika uh, is going to leave the team, and Kaikiku play in that side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really like interesting to think of Kaiki in the Bundesliga teams like Dortmund, Leverkusen, or, uh, like I said, Eintracht Frankfurt. At some time, if his progression goes up and up and up, I really think he needs a first step, like from Almeria to a bigger club, you know, not that yeah. Champions League, uh, like Arsenal, but Manchester City, you know, that, that that kind of move. I don't really think he's in the form to do that and he's not playing regularly at this moment at Almeria but I really really would love him would love to see him play at the Premier League at some point if his progression goes really well you know and even I'm not thinking of leagues let's think of context of teams we have like Lille of Paolo Fonseca they play so good they play so proactive they are centre-backs Thiago Jaló is so good if you haven't seen Thiago Jallo, I really recommend the people that he hears us to watch Jallo because he's so, so good. Napoli even could be a really good side to play. We have to see what happens with players like, I don't know, Ramani or even Ostigard um, players that really don't play so regular in the team and he could be a really good option. But I really want him... Well, I really want to see him like fitting in a back three at the moment. Yeah,
0: I'd like to see him in a back three. You're right, actually, sorry, just before we quickly wrap this up. I know I've said that about 10 times now, but I actually would really like to see him in a back three because it's not something we've seen so often from Kogi. He usually plays in the back two, so I'd love to see him in a back three just to see. I'd like to see if defenders can fare in a two-man partnership as well as a three-man partnership. I think that's really important to, to watch when scouting a player. Brian, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really enjoyed this chat about Koki. To the listeners at home, if you get a chance to watch Koki, please do. He, he truly is a, a really wonderful centre-back to watch and was definitely one for the future. As well, please make sure to tune in on Friday for another regular episode of the TFA podcast. Also, make sure to rate the podcast too and share it with your followers, friends and family as it really helps us to grow. Thank you all for listening and goodbye for now.